Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. There we go. I can't blame Nick because I hadn't, didn't have it turned on. So Anyway, my name is Wes. It's good to be with you this morning. Um, Brent already had you do something that I was going to have you do. I was going to have you get up and move around, talk to people. So instead of talking to someone about something you're grateful for, how about you complain to someone <laughs> about something that you're, no, don't, let's not do that. We'll, uh, we'll stick to, uh, to those things. But of course, the last several weeks, uh, we had Daryl DeHuse, who was here with us. Then we had uh, Kyle DeRoberts. Uh, you get me today, and then we have Daryl the following Sunday to, to kick off our Advent series, and we're also going to have different families, individuals share kind of what the Lord's doing in their, in their heart, their mind during this Advent series, and then Lucas Cooper is going to take us through the rest of Advent, and then we'll have Larry Anderson on Christmas Eve, and so that kind of gets you through uh, this, this calendar year, and it's all good stuff, uh, so I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to get rolling here. God, I thank you um, that we get to open up your word, we get to uh, celebrate, we get to sing. Um, just how um, I was touched this morning as, as Aaron was talking about uh, thankfulness, as he was talking about you know, how can we, we can come before you no matter what is going on in our life, and that you do provide that peace that goes beyond understanding. And so that was significant for me, hopefully for the rest of us this morning. And so we do ask for your continued presence. Your name, amen. So for me... Sermons are kind of a funny thing, okay? Uh, because the point is really simple sometimes, and you, you know, then, then you uh, talk about it for 30 minutes or so. So I'm going to just give you the point by reading a scripture. I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to leave because... <laughs> Sorry, Chris, you can't quite get to football yet. You've got to do that a little bit. A little bit later. But it could be as simple as this, right? First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right? It should be that simple. And yet, life is a little bit more complicated. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Thanksgiving obviously is coming up. I want to see every single one of you and your pets and neighbors and grandmas at the Turkey Bowl Thursday morning. It's going to be a good time. Get some calories run off, and you can go eat whatever you want the rest of the day. But we're talking about the gift of gratitude this morning. Of course, we just read passage. We hear that and see that Jesus talks about gratitude, thankfulness. Why is it important to talk about gratitude? It's important because Jesus showed gratitude to his Father and to others, so he modeled that for us. Countless people within all of scriptures modeled for us what it means to be thankful, to be grateful. It's important because there are 76 times in the Bible that says the phrase, give thanks. 76 times. It's important because God shows, it shows us that we value God when we're thankful towards him. It shows that we value him. It shows that when we're grateful for other people, it shows value in them as well. And it's important to show gratitude because if we don't show gratitude in a relationship with someone, there is a gap. There is something missing when we don't express our gratitude towards someone. 
And what do I mean by a gap in our relationship? Something's missing. Gratitude or ingratitude will always change a relationship for the good or for bad. Think about it. How long is a marriage going to last if one doesn't express their gratitude and thankfulness to the other person? How long is a friendship going to last if maybe someone's even being taken advantage of in that relationship? Now, I have a life lesson for any of the younger people in here who want more from their parents, okay? And I'm just going to apologize up front to all the parents in the room, but kids, students, or anyone who basically wants anything from anyone, show that you are thankful for the things that you're given. As a parent of a child who just dropped them off at basketball practice or made a meal or cleaned the house, how, how, how amazingly manipulative it could be for kids to say thank you for all of those things. It, it melts your heart, right, as a, as a parent. Of course, we should be thanked for those things, and parents do deserve a thanks for those things because they don't have to do them, right? It's a choice. It's a choice that you make to raise your kids in a certain way. So if you want something from someone, just thank them all the time. First off, it will melt their heart, and you can get whatever you want from them, Okay? <laughs> Life lesson. But gratitude will always change a relationship. And ingratitude, or not expressing gratitude, also shapes a relationship. Because expressed gratitude creates intimacy and closeness. And ingratitude, there is a gap in that relationship. Now, there's an interesting story found in Luke. It involves lepers. And to understand the context of this this story, leprosy was a disease, you know, back in Bible times that, was, that dramatically affected the body. The skin would swell, skin would crack, skin would leak, it would lose function, lose feeling. And it was believed that leprosy was contagious. And so uh, not only do you have this pain, this, this suffering that you're going through socially, you were outcast, you were alienated from other people. Now lepers, because of that, usually found other lepers, other people with leprosy, to do community with just to try and scratch out a living together. And they would live and they would stay far away from other people outskirts of this city or in, in the villages because they were literally not around, allowed to be around other people. And if they happened to be close to someone, they would need to announce themselves, I'm a leper, I'm unclean. Basically, I shouldn't be around you, I'm dirty, I'm bad, I'm shameful, and you should stay away from me. How humiliating is that on top of the pain and suffering that they felt? Now, lep lepers were so desperate for community and for survival that religion and culture, uh, just kind of politics, all went out the window, and they just found anyone who would be willing to live with them, whether they shared the same um, customs or religion or not. Jews, Samaritans, didn't matter. That was taboo during that time to interact with someone of the opposite culture. But not for them. That went out the window to survive. Well, Jesus is traveling with his disciples and they came into a village. We're going to read this in Luke 17, 11 through 19. It says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village... He was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. 
And they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus saw them, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, first of all, Jesus really should not have even acknowledged these people because they were ignored, cast away, put aside. So the fact that he even notices them is already meaningful. And then he looks at them, and then he addresses them audibly. He speaks to them, and he tells them to go. This is probably the only time they heard the word go, and it didn't mean go away. Because they were not perceived and loved in that way. But Jesus says, go. And he isn't saying go away. He actually says, go and tell the priests. Go present yourself to the priests. He was telling them to go to a place they're not supposed to go. He's telling them to go to see these priests. And why did they need to do that? Because if you were going to be reintroduced back into society, you essentially had to have documentation from the priest to allow you back in good standing with the culture, with society. And he tells them, to go and present themselves to the priest. It took great faith for these 10 people with leprosy to do what Jesus told them to do. One, they would have to go be around people that they weren't supposed to be around. They had to present themselves at the temple they weren't supposed to be at. And while they're standing there, they still have leprosy. It, they weren't healed before they left. It says at the end of verse 14 here, it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. They literally had to walk out their faith as they were being cleansed from leprosy. They had to choose to do what Jesus told them to do as they were being healed along the way. That's walking in faith. Continuing through verse uh, 15 through 19. Then one of them, one of the lepers, when he saw he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner and he said to him rise and go your faith has made you well one of the ten returns to Jesus to show their gratitude and Jesus appreciates this gesture we, we see this because he calls out the other nine he asks this question where, where are they and then he mentions that this person is a foreigner which leads us to believe that this Samaritan was probably the only Samaritan and the other nine were probably Jewish so it may even have more to be grateful for for reintroduction in to society. Now Jesus knows that all ten of them are grateful. He knows that all ten of them life have been changed. He knows that those other nine who didn't come to him are healed and they're happy about that. But only one of them chooses to express that. Only one of them, the Samaritan, 
closes the loop with Jesus and comes into that gap and expresses their gratitude. Now get the, get the point that Jesus is making here. Jesus knows that they're grateful, and yet it's the expression of gratitude that he cares about. Being thankful is different than giving thanks. Being thankful is different than giving thanks. Unexpressed gratitude for another person is experienced by the other person as ingratitude. Andy Stanley talks about this uh, very specifically, and I stole some of his words. I'm going to just share some of those with you right now. Unexpressed gratitude is experienced by the other person as ingratitude. And sometimes we are grateful, but we have not expressed it yet, and we need to express it and not hold it inside. Ingratitude communicates to someone, I don't see you, and I don't appreciate what you have done. Ingratitude is usually an absence of expression, but it can take the form of criticism. Thank you, but you didn't quite do it right. I appreciate what you did, but... And the thing about ingratitude is it's only visible to one half of the relationship. When we are either grateful and we don't express it, or we're not grateful, the other person experiences something that they're keenly aware of and we may be completely unaware of. There's a break in that relationship. And our hearts gravitate towards people who are grateful. Marriages must protect themselves in a way. You want to be the most grateful person for your spouse. Otherwise, there's someone else that's more grateful for your spouse than you are. And that can be a dangerous place to be. The opposite of gratitude usually takes the form of complaints and grumblings and murmurs and fault-finding and nitpicking and feeling entitled or deserving of. It's easy to be grateful when things are going really well for us, but what about in situations that are really difficult? We can always find something that we're thankful for. We can always find something that we're thankful for. As I'm getting older, there's always a, a body part that I'm grateful that works the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> thankful for my left knee not hurting today. Uh, we can always find something about our spouse that is right and correct. We can always find something about our boss that we like. We can always find something about our leaders or our politicians that is positive. Something. There's always something to be thankful for, and we need to express that gratitude. We shouldn't wait for God to fix things until we're thankful. We should thank him in the process. Now, some of us are going through just really terrible seasons of life, and it may be more difficult for you to experience gratitude or thankfulness right now. Okay, so give yourself some more grace and mercy because the Lord does that for us. Maybe the next season won't be quite as difficult. Besides knowing that we are to be grateful and thankful, the Bible teaches us to consider what it would mean to express that to other people. So I want to look at a passage in Luke 9 where Jesus performs a miracle 
But the context of this miracle I think is pretty significant because Jesus just begins his ministry. He says to these 12 guys, hey, give up everything, follow me. And one of the first places that he goes is Nazareth. He goes back to his hometown and he's teaching and he's with these guys that he just asked to give up everything and follow him. And what happens in his hometown? He's rejected. I don't know if Jesus was ever embarrassed, but I would assume this was one of those moments where Jesus is like, well, I told you guys to give up your life and follow me, but they don't even like me in my own hometown. So then the disciples are probably like, what? Is this guy like for real? What's, what's going on? So he's rejected, and then shortly after, one of his friends and relatives, John the Baptist, because of some weird thing with, the, with Herod and his family members or whatever, uh, John the Baptist is beheaded. And Jesus finds out about this with his disciples, and they're traveling. They're exhausted. They're hungry. All they want to do is go be by themselves to eat, to rest, and to mourn, grieve the loss of this horrible death John the Baptist faced. So after all this rejection, grief, hunger, exhaustion, we have this passage found in Luke 9. Jesus teaches to the crowd that comes up upon them. When they're wanting to go be by themselves, Jesus sees this crowd, has compassion on them. He teaches for a couple hours. Then we pick up this story. It says, late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are, here, we are in a remote place. And he, Jesus, replied, you give them something to eat. And they answered, well, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there, probably 10,000 people or so. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50, about 50 each. The disciples did so. Everyone sat down. And taking the five loaves, two fish, and looking up to heaven, Jesus, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Jesus, fully God, fully man, gave thanks to his Father in heaven, who can perform any miracle that he wants to. He is the model of thankfulness. And he feeds 5,000 people or 10,000 people. Now, there's a few principles in this passage that I think help get us towards gratitude, towards thanksgiving, that lead us in that direction. And the first is, is, the, is prayer, praying. Jesus prayed and gave thanks. As God, he prayed. How much more do I need to pray? Praying leads to gratitude and can even involve thanksgiving or gratitude. Something happens in our spirit when we submit ourselves and pray. And there's a connection when we do that towards thankfulness and gratitude. The Holy Spirit is able to come in and lead us in that way. Praying helps us towards thanksgiving, and so does learning. When I learn about someone or something, that leads me towards gratitude having a curiosity about people, having a curiosity about situations. Jesus, who saw the crowd, learned 
that they were hungry. He, he learned, he found out new information that he then had compassion on them because of that information. Sometimes we'll never have compassion about someone or something because we haven't learned anything about them. Learning leads us to gratitude, but it requires us to see other people. We need to work at seeing people, really seeing them, noticing, asking questions, taking the initiative. When we really see people, we see the value that they have, that they're made in the image of God, like Christ being able to see and understand them. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and it just felt like they could see right through into your soul? It's kind of scary and it's kind of refreshing don't try and be that guy that every conversation you have with someone, you're the person that sees into their soul because it's a little creepy. So. <laughs> but at times, how, how valuable is it when someone sees you, notices you, is thankful for you? They learn about you. They have a curiosity. Tell me more about who you are and what you want. That leads us towards gratitude. Countless times we read Jesus sees people. Matthew 9, 36 says, seeing the people, what's the result? He felt compassion on them. Leads us to gratitude. So praying and learning leads us to gratitude, and so does serving, especially when we serve with other people. If you've ever done a project at work, or you know, some, some type of ministry or some sort of project. If, if you're by yourself and you're serving, that's, that's great. But once you, you're with someone else, serving other people, there is a bond that happens in our, in our hearts and in our minds. And it leads us towards gratitude. So I'm going to share with you some pictures that give me gratitude and thanksgiving of our Guatemala trip that we took last week. Of course, we went to Guatemala Drill. Well, this was our team uh, that went to Guatemala there, uh, besides the photo bomber on the left-hand side. This was, <laughs> this was our team uh, that went to Guatemala. Uh, these were some of the kids that we loved on uh, while, we were, uh, while we were in Guatemala. They made some little projects there. Oh my gosh, those kids just warmed my heart. And then I want to be thankful to you and show gratitude to you, take my own advice today, expressed gratitude. Because one, as a church, you uh, paid for the well, $6,000 for us to put this well in. And you gave toothbrushes, toothpaste, games, you supported through prayer. You did all these different things that made this happen. You helped make this happen. And I want to tell you I'm thankful and grateful for what you did. So we got a chance to give away some toothpaste. Uh, tooth I think every single person in the village that wanted a toothbrush or toothpaste got at least three uh, of, of each, and we had even extras left over. We gave away Bibles, over 100 Bibles. This is Greg uh, handing a Bible to one of the guys there, um, got, so, and they were in Spanish. Uh, we had games that we, that we played with them. You guys donated these. They loved Connect Four. They loved Jenga. Uh, that was, and if you lose in Connect Four, they beat you up. It's like a thing. Like, if you lose, then they just, like, pound you, and then they go back to the next game. It's kind of, kind of crazy. 
Uh, we had cr uh, crafts, crayons, stickers that you guys uh, donated as well. And of course, the kind of the, when we weren't doing some of the, the education, we got a chance to play with those. We had a jump rope uh, that we brought. There's my wife jumping on the jump rope. And Gary, here's another picture. Gary's got hops, you can see. Um, and speaking of Gary, uh, he, he made a friend. His name was Wilson. Wilson and Wilson are in the picture. So this was the soccer ball that we left with them that, that doesn't pop, actually, so it can last forever. And we had a little fun with, with Wilson there. That was fun. Uh, so, and then the women were so excited. I can't express to you how excited they were. They got two pieces of felt, some uh, yarn, and some things to decorate these bags that they made. And they worked on these things for three days, and those were the bags that we ended up handing, putting the Bibles in when we gave them their Bibles. Of course, this, we ate a lot of great food while we were there. This is where some of the food came from, uh, from the village. Make it from you know, their house, they bring it over, and here's some more of the gals that made uh, some of the food. They were so excited to get their picture taken, they wanted to see on the phone, uh, and the folks in the community uh, don't drink water because it's not clean. They don't have clean water, and they can't buy water bottles because it's too expensive. They're, it's more expensive than Coke, more expensive than, uh, than anything that they can afford, and so they drink Coke and non-water things like juice all the time, so they serve it in bags. So they have a three liter of Coke, and then they pour it in these bags, and, and when I say everyone drinks Coke, I mean everyone drinks Coke, including little kids that should not be drinking Coke or juice. Of course, we did education, hygiene education, oral uh, education, just helping them understand food. And as we taught about uh, pro proteins and carbohydrates, fruits and vegetables, uh, no kid and no adult knew what a protein was and could say what it was or a carbohydrate. None of them. They had no concept of that. And so we got a chance to educate them on that as well. This is their current well, uh, 20 feet down. Uh, and so in that 20 feet, there's not enough space for things to be filtered out. And so waste and everything else is part of their water system. This is, where, this is another place that they got water. This was a half mile away. So if you wanted that water, you could take a couple buckets, but you had to haul it half mile back to where they lived. It was tough conditions while we were there. It rained a lot. It's the dry season, but it was not dry uh, when we were there. A lot of mud, and we actually had to pull the rig through uh, manually through the mud because the truck got stopped, and so we got a chance to pull that through. Um, of course, while we were doing that, Chris got a little dirty, and uh, here's a picture of Chris. <coughs> he left it there all day, too. It was like a badge of honor. It was really... Very sweet. And it was his birthday while we were there. The village folks found out it was his birthday. They sent um, a gal on a motorcycle seven miles away, bought him two cakes, brought it back, and they presented that to him on his birthday, which was super humbling and, and special to be a part of that. And, of course, this is the drill rig. This is the, the bit that you see there I have circled, and so that's right before we started drilling. And then the pictures of the pipes uh, that we have there, five-foot pipes at a time as you go down into the ground. Of course, it's a very dirty job. Here's a picture of Richard uh, doing those pipes because water, mud, everything's kind of going through there. And then, you, of course, you have the controls on the rig to have a picture of, of Chris and our fearless leader, Jaime, there. Uh, great to work with 
those guys, and then some of the guys that we worked with, so some of the folks in the village came over, you know, they were moving rock or dirt or whatever it was. Here's a picture of some of the guys that, that we got a chance to serve with and, and the well that was being finished there. We were running power to the well. Um, at that time, it's no, no longer a hand crank, but they have a switch that, that they can get water on. Uh, and then this is the picture of the village. Uh, when the water was, was finally done, they were kind of all cheering, excited. One of the stories for me, though, was, was a young man named Milton. There's a picture of, of Milton. I think he was 17 years old. He worked hard every single day. We were there. Well, his brother was there as well, um, Anderson, or Anderson, or something more Spanish-sounding, um, was also there. He was 10. And we found out recently he, they lost their, his 15-year-old sister, their sister, to a suicide. And he's not a believer, Milton's not a believer, but yet he wanted to come help drill the well. He was given a Bible for the, for the first time, and we got a chance to share the gospel with Milton. I hope that God uses the seed of our time being there and this rough part of his life that Milton will come to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Of course, here's the, the well that was put there. Uh, by North Bible Church. This is the ninth well the North Bible Church has put in Guatemala. So give yourself a round of applause. That's pretty awesome. I feel more grateful. Serving with other people, I promise you, will always lead to a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. Prayer, learning about other people, seeing other people, and then serving together. So when it comes to prayer, learning about other people, or serving together, what's, what's the thing that you would need to do to lead you towards gratitude during this time in your life? And who do you need to express your thankfulness to? Maybe it's in there. Maybe you've been thinking about it. Maybe you've been feeling it, but you haven't said it. And it doesn't count. It's good to do, but it doesn't count to express your gratitude towards someone if you're saying it to someone else in front of them. That's fine. But look them in the eye. Tell them why you're grateful for them. Why, why they benefit your life. You can say it in front of other people. You can put it on social media. That's fine. But look them in the eye and express your gratitude for them. Let me pray. God, I thank you that we get to be uh, a part of your community. You got a chance to send us to Guatemala, drill a well. You provided clean water in your name to a village that didn't have clean water before, and education, relationships. And it's through prayer, and it's through learning about you and other people, and it's through serving that leads us towards thankfulness. And during this season, if there's someone that we need to show our gratitude towards, I pray that you impress it upon our hearts and minds and we'll step into that in your name. Amen. In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website, at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor.
Uh, one of the things we talked about today was, was serving, so I want to give you a couple opportunities to do just that. We've partnered with DCS and Arizona. Uh, when they come across families that have needs before their kids get taken from them, okay, they reach out to an organization called Care Portal. Maybe they need beds in the house or clothes or whatever, a backpack, whatever it is. So before they're taken into the system, Care Portal reaches out to us and says, hey, here's a family that needs some help to keep them out of the system. So we actually have a picture of the last family that we, we gave three beds to. Uh, this is Desiree and her three kiddos, I believe. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Well, there, there's a lady. Her name's Desiree. And she has three kids, and we gave them three beds. There we go. There's, there's Desiree. So if you would like to be on the list for when we send out items that need to be listed, you can scan this code uh, right here that I have up on the screen with your phone, or you can do that at Guest Services today. It's, it's also there. And at Guest Services is a sign-up to go uh, to build a house in Rocky Point, Mexico in March, and so love to have you as part of serving together. You can, you can sign up for that. You can sign up for that with this scan code right here, or you can go to guest services. Love to have you serve with us in that way. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.